Learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership insight and advice. Welcome to She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, a mother, businesswoman, and leader. Our guest for today is Kristen Young. Kristen M. Young is a wife, mother, student, teacher, speaker, relationship coach, and marriage enthusiast. She is the founder of Living the Vows, an organization designed to support newlyweds with bringing joy to marriages. Their focus is to teach newlywed wives how to have more peace and less stress in life and marriage. Successful marriage maintenance is a common denominator in many joyful and lasting marriages. Their mission is to restore the beauty, respect, and value that marriage deserves by reaching 3 million married couples who are committed to living the vow and loving it. Kristen holds a bachelor's degree in communication studies from Morgan State University, a master's degree in consulting psychology from Bowie State University, and is a certified relationship coach and an energy Leadership Index Master Practitioner through the Institute of Professional Excellence in Coaching. When she's not supporting couples or spending time with her own family, you can find Kristen acting and dancing on local stages and moonlighting on Saturday nights as a radio host on the Audio Infusion on WEAA. Kristen and her husband, James, have been living the vows through a joyous marriage and are committed to building other couples into the greatness that marriage was meant to be. They currently reside in Baltimore, Maryland, and are the proud parents of five beautiful children and five grandchildren. Without further ado, Leadership Empowerment with Kristen Young. So Kristen, I read through your bio and I love how your company focuses on bringing joy to marriages, definitely considering how often marriages don't work. I think this is an awesome problem to solve for people. And on top of that, that you're actually a radio host, a very multifaceted woman. So kudos to you. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay. So Kristen, I'd like to thank you for taking time to be a guest on She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. We're, we appreciate you blessing us with your insight today. I am glad to be here. Looking forward to this. Awesome. So let's talk about leadership. I myself, I feel that every person is a leader in one shape or form, whether they realize it or not. Would you agree, Kristen? Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. And can you just tell us a little bit of why you feel that way? Because I honestly believe that we are all born with a purpose and we're all here to solve a problem. So the fact that we are all unique in our own way, whether it's our look, the way we think, where we grow up, just think about the entire world. There's some parts of the world that some of us will never, ever see, but there's still life happening there. There's still things going on there. There's still somebody who is there that needs to oversee that area. And I, and as a believer, I truly believe that we have dominion over the earth. So each of us is created or was created with a purpose. And no matter what your age, no matter what your background, your education, you have power within you, you have value within you. And it's up to you to trust that and get clear on why you're here in order to bring that forth. 
I think one of the challenges we face is that we automatically assume leadership has to come with some grandiose title and, you know, managing and and overseeing 20 people and organizations. And, you know, there's high level leadership roles that we pay attention to, but mothers are leaders of their homes. You know, there are children who are leaders of their Girl Scout troops and all of that is valuable and it impacts another life. Yes, I totally agree. Thank you for that. Okay. So Kristen, can you share when you realized you were a leader and what or who helped you to come to this realization? I honestly don't recall like a pinpointed situation, but I do recall being in a situation where I was in that space where I was really just trying to figure out why I'm here and what's next for me, not wanting to do just the mundane routine. And I started thinking about, it was an exercise I was given in a workshop that I was in. And I was required to think about what is it that, it was two separate things. One, what is that one thing that really irritates me and pisses me off? And two, what is one of those things that people consistently say about me? And what came out of that was more often than not, the thing that irritates you the most is the problem that you are destined to solve. And for me, just seeing the challenge in the marriages in the world, that has been a a major frustration for me. And knowing that I was grateful and honored to grow up with healthy marriage examples, but I know there's so many people who are not and seeing so many. And and as I started to transition into marriage for myself, it was a, a major issue that I was paying attention to. And the other thing that the other question, as far as what is it that people say consistently about me is my consistency and my ability to stay even keeled. And I never realized how much that impacted other people and how much other people paid attention to that. But I had a coworker, this was a separate time, a coworker just commented about the fact that I did very well with customer service. And there was one particular client who was really upset and getting very irate in the office. I stayed very polite, very chill, even though he was calling me names or what have you. And she was just like, I don't know how you didn't get up and slap him and blah, blah, blah. I was just like, the thing is, he does not know me. He's angry about his situation. I just happen to be the representative right here. So it's impossible for any of this to be personal. And that's how I've always viewed it. So being able to recognize the difference between those people who are personally attacking me versus those people who don't know me at all and just being compassionate towards people that's always been a gift of mine. And it's one of those things I just naturally did and didn't realize the impact it had on others. But even something that was a great leadership skill that I developed, honestly, was gifted with. And then again, for me, just recognizing you know, the value of marriage and, the, and how that affected me and how that frustrated me, seeing some of the torn marriages and torn families around that really was kind of like a turning point for me to say, wait a minute, this is an opportunity for leadership for me. That's awesome. I definitely appreciate that. That's kind of how I came into my wanting to help with leadership development from being frustrated with the different leaders and realizing how it has to be a better way to impact more people. So I definitely can relate to that. Thanks for sharing. Okay, so in my upcoming book, The Code of Leadership, The If-Then Process, I outline my experiences and lessons that have helped me to become a better leader with the intention of helping others do the same. Kristen, can you share what you would consider to be your code of leadership and why? So let's see. I definitely believe, just as I just shared about being compassionate towards other people, that is 
so valuable to me. And I would say that is my number one because how we treat people makes a huge difference in how things get done. It makes a huge difference in how people view you, your character, and how you get things accomplished. I've learned over the years and I've worked a number of jobs with a number of different managers and supervisors. And even thinking back through my years of schooling and certain teachers that I've had, The teachers that stood out to me the most were the ones who were very consistent or very compassionate. So it's important for us to recognize, because we've all had that manager, that supervisor, that teacher who was just out the gate, who was just very tyrannical. What I say goes, you know, gives the appearance that I don't care anything about you. You're just going to do as I say, shut up, be quiet, get it done, no excuses. And that's really not effective in most cases. Granted, you will have some people who follow along out of fear. And overall, that's not going to be your most effective way to lead others. So as far as a code of leadership, it's important to really be able to identify the difference and the uniqueness in each of the people that you are leading in order to best suit them. And one of the things that I've learned is that when you are focused on teaching others how to lead, you're going to be able to lead that much more effectively. But in order to teach others how to lead, you have to know how to teach that person. So the way you teach, and and as a mother, I learned very quickly that the way I, I handle one child is not going to be the best way I handle the other child. And that's not going to be the best way I handle my husband. I have to recognize the personality differences and and the individuality of each one of my loved ones in order to properly and effectively support them. So we have to do the same thing in any leadership role you're in, whether you're in religious organization, whether you're on the job, whether you're creating your own organization, whether you're on your school PTA, you're a teacher, wherever you are, and even just walking down the street, we have to be able to show up and show that compassion towards other people and treat each other, each person as an individual. Thank you. I totally agree. That was very well put. Okay. So Kristen, I believe all leaders experience failure. I myself, I don't like to consider them failure. I like to consider them lessons, take more of an optimistic view. But can you share your view on failure and what it means to you? Oh, it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. (laughs) (laughs) It sucks. Yes. I hate it. Oh my gosh, it's so crazy. I, you know, and of course, I've been to all types of trainings and teachings and blah, blah. And oh, yes, failure is a learning lesson. And, you know, as long as you see the lesson in it, yeah, yeah, that's so after the fact. In the moment, it sucks. It's embarrassing. It's frustrating. It's annoying. It's costly sometimes. You know, it really sucks. The bottom line is we cannot avoid failure. And that has probably been one of my biggest lessons in growth and leadership and honestly just in life in my marriage in parenting i've grown up i've always been the kind and as i said being that compassionate even keel kind of person i always played the fence i was always kind of you know playing the middle of the road i didn't want to upset anybody i didn't want to offend anyone i didn't want to stand out unless i was absolutely positively confident that i was going to win And that showed up with me playing sports, that showed up with me speaking up in class, and even growing into business and leadership. I found myself always hesitating if I was unsure or else I would take 
little baby risks because I wanted to be consistent. I wanted to be, you know, I didn't, I didn't want any major ups in life. But the bottom line is, even if you're playing small, there's still failures that can happen. And one of the failures can even be the fact that you're playing small. So you're frustrated because things are not growing the way you want them to or as fast as you want them to or, or you, you're missing certain opportunities. But some of that is because you're not taking those big risks and those big leaps. So as much as failure sucks, as much as it's painful in the moment, just like every single thing that we've overcome, you will overcome that too. We have to get into that space where we can say, so what? When we are confident enough, when we believe in ourselves enough and believe in our reason why we're making that risk, why we're making that jump, why we're making that shift, if we're clear enough on it, it do it anyway. Plan for it, be responsible, but jump, but jump anyway. And if you make it, congratulations. And even if you don't, the chances of you being further ahead, even if you didn't make it all the way to where you want it to be, are so much greater. So even with that that one failure, it may seem like a big failure to you, but if you look back on what would have happened if you didn't make that leap at all, you probably still would be six, seven, ten steps behind. So just go ahead and jump anyway. And more often than not, it can be fixed. It can be corrected. It can be tweaked. And then you do it again. I like that. Thanks for that. Okay. So Kristen, can you share one time you failed as a leader and what you learned from the experience that helped you become a better leader? Well, I have to. <laughs> comfort zone. I just told you I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. Okay. So I will say for me, one of my biggest failures was actually within my marriage. And as I said, I was in a space where I just kind of played small and It's interesting. One of the things that I learned in marriage was that I am way more selfish than I realized I was because I've always been known as a giver. I've always been known as somebody who goes out of her way for other people and making sure other people are okay. But when it came to that marriage relationship, I didn't realize how much I truly expected in in my mind and my beliefs, I really just expected that my husband was supposed to step up and he was always supposed to initiate. He was always supposed to be the provider in every area. And he was supposed to, for the most part, cater to me. So I never realized how much I was not taking the opportunity to explore how we can continue to grow together. I was so focused on, I need to build my business. You know, I was working a full-time job. I was building my Living the Vows organization. Over the, you know, over a couple of years, we had added two children to our family. We were focused on trying to save and, and move and buy another home. So there were all these different things that were going on. And I was still focused on, I'm married. I have these children to raise. I have this business to figure out. I still want to have fun with my friends. I still want to enjoy my me time. And you just got to figure it out. So it's not to say that I was rude or unloving towards my husband, But I just really missed opportunities to continue to pour into him and continue to truly make him a priority. It was one of those things that I said, but I did not show. And over time, uh, we actually got to a point two two years ago, actually, (laughs) it was Valentine's Day two years ago, that we uh, had a sit down conversation and decided that maybe we should separate. And 
in that moment, I remember feeling the surface part of me wanted to say, fine, it's whatever you want. That's that's what you said. And, you know, I was putting my guards up. But shortly after we had that conversation and I walked out the door and was going on about my day, it really kind of hit me what just happened. And I really had to take it in because I could tell my husband might mean what he said, but there was a good chance he didn't really want it. But in that moment, I realized I had to be the bigger person and say, wait a minute, this isn't where we're going. Whatever we're we're dealing with right now, we can figure it out. And for the most part, he was just saying he was tired. He works full time. He works overtime whenever he can to to provide for the family. He's more of a homebody. I'm the on the go kind of person. And we had to go back to basics and we had to go get back to what our life was like before the kids and the business and everything else that we added on our plates over those, at that time, almost eight years of marriage. So we were in a space, well, I was in a space where I had to make a shift. I had to do a self-check. I really had to realize, wait a minute, here I am building a business about building marriages and healthy marriages, and yet mine is failing. And how is this going to look? How does this even make sense? How am I encouraging people, coaching other women about their marriages? And my husband is ready to pack his bags. So I had to take a step back and really reevaluate how I was showing up in my marriage and what did I need to do differently to make him feel more appreciated, to make him feel more valued and to grow us as a marriage. So for me, that was probably the hardest pill for me to swallow because it, it was difficult. I had to take ownership of what I was not doing. And in my mind, as I said, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm still cooking for him. And, you know, I'm here. I'm taking care of the kids. He was in school. So I said, I'm, I'm taking the kids off his plate so he can focus on school. And, but I still had this selfish mentality where I was taking care of me. I was doing what I needed to do and not as focused and tapped into what his genuine needs are. And as we know, for the most part, men are not going to get real deep in their feelings. My husband is an amazing communicator, and I'm so grateful for that. But if he's genuinely hurting or genuinely missing something from me, he's not going to straight up verbalize that. So I had to make that opportunity and create that opportunity to tap into that and reshift everything that I was juggling on my plate and recognize where I needed to make a shift so that he showed, if you look at my calendar, if you look at my, my life, it's clear my husband is my priority and then my children and then my business and then everything else that's going on in my world. So it was a challenge and it's still an ongoing growth opportunity for us, but we are definitely in a much, much, much better space and knocking on 10 years in September. So I'm super excited about that. And as I said, for me, it was just having to face me. That's the biggest challenge we all have to face. When we have to face ourselves and and be honest with ourselves about where we're falling short and taking ownership of where we need to step up. When we can overcome that, we can literally overcome anything. Yes, thank you. Thanks for sharing and being so personal. I I totally agree. You do have to take self-assessments. And sometimes we do see ourselves in this grandiose light, you know, when in all actuality, there are areas of improvement available, you know, if we're willing to tap in and make it happen. So thank you. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So Kristen, do you feel it's easier, harder, or requires the same effort to be a female leader in the entrepreneur ecosystem and why? Hmm. Well, on a surface level, I think it requires the same effort. But deep down, I think we as women 
make it harder. I think we allow ourselves to internalize what we see in the world and assume that we're unequal to our male counterparts. I think there's a level of of assumption that we have to work harder or that we have to stand out more. And granted, right now, especially with everything that's going on, there's no question that women have had to come up. I'm not negating that. And I understand that women have not, you know, from a history standpoint, we know that women were not seen as equal in the world. So I'm, I'm not negating that. But what I'm saying is that at this point, the opportunity is still there for us as women, the same way it is there for men. The opportunity to create your own business, to obtain certain careers, to travel, to do the things that you genuinely want to do. Unless it's playing in the NFL, you know, it, 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 there's very few things that we cannot do. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, honest, and even that, I mean, because I remember when the WNBA was created and I was so excited. And then I realized that they weren't getting paid nearly as much as the NBA. I was like, wait a minute, this, okay. man, this yeah. is ridiculous. But I mean, so even, even with that, they are creating, you know, the women's leagues for sports and what have you. But the point is, I think that we have fought enough. Well, we have fought to the point where we have an opportunity to be equal. But I think some of it is a mindset shift that we have to understand for ourselves that we are equal. And we have to shift the mindset. We have to keep fighting for equality. And and when we, as I said earlier, when we can truly tap into who we are created to be and, and our purpose, it won't be that much of a fight. Will there still be effort involved? Absolutely. Is there still work involved? Absolutely. And even one of the things that I teach some of the wives and moms that I work with, we have to let go of the mommy guilt. We have to let go of this, oh, but I have to take care of the kids and, and, and what's going to happen if, if I'm gone for a week in training and, and the kids are home with their dad for a whole week and, and I'm not there. They're going to be okay. Because I promise you, when dad goes away on, on his work training for a week, he's good. So, you know, we, ha- we have to focus on strengthening ourselves and our mentality to the point where we understand I'm here to create this purpose. And yes, I have all these other things that are very important to me and are are portions of my purpose. But if I need to focus on this right now, then this is my focus. And as long as I make, I put plans in place, I need to focus on on this and achieve this. And I can do that and I can do it very well. Thank you. I like that perspective. Okay. So Kristen, productivity is a hot topic right now, as it should be. Many people want to know how to do more with less and be efficient. As a successful leader, this is a must. Do you have any productivity tips to share with our listeners? Honestly, I'm pretty old school. I write a list and I go to sleep. So, (laughs) I don't. (laughs) No, but a list is important. A list and sleep. I see the post, you know, actually I see it on both sides, but a lot of, especially entrepreneurs, you see these posts on Facebook and whatnot about, oh, I'm team no sleeping and you got to grind all the time and all the, and it's like, yeah, but I know for me, and maybe this is a, this is a clear way of saying it. You have to know yourself. I know for me, there are plenty of times when I can stay up all night and I'm, I'm, in, I'm in crunch mode and, you know, I have an event coming up or, or a presentation coming up or what have you and I'm putting finishing touches on there. But if your whole life has you on, on edge and, and constantly grinding and you're only getting three hours of sleep a week, that's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it doesn't make sense. And more often than not, we're, we are not as productive as we need to be. So... For me, I literally, I keep a list. 
There's a, a program that I use called Asana. If you're not familiar, A-S-A-N-A. It's basically a project managing tool. It is free. I'm a fan of free. So, <laughs> you know, so whether you're working with teammates or whether you're working on yourself or by yourself, it is a great way to keep track of different projects that you have going on, what's due, what's coming up next. It, you know, it, it reminds you, hey, this is due today. This is coming up. So that's a great way for me. But a, a lot of times, I honestly, I keep post-it notes or, you know, just a notebook with a list of to-dos and I cross them off. And then when I feel tired, I go to sleep. So there's sometimes, yes, you do have to push through. But for the most part, if you're feeling tired, allow yourself to rest. Honestly, it's not going to hurt you to take that 60 to 90 minutes to go take a nap and then get back to what it is that you have to do, especially if you are properly planning your time. Now, I can tell you one of my biggest struggles is Facebook. I find myself scrolling on Facebook, especially working on something that I don't want to be working on. Somehow that phone winds up in my hand and I'm scrolling and watching video after video and post after post. And I'm, I'm a big gift person. So I, I'm always responding to stuff with the gifts. And I'm like, wait a minute, Kristen, come on. You got to refocus. You got to refocus. Come on, let's refocus. So yeah, that is one of my weaknesses. That's a challenge for me that I have to overcome hourly. <laughs> <laughs> But honestly, sometimes we, we push ourselves so hard and it becomes counterproductive. So my two tips, create a list and go to sleep. Go to sleep. I like that. Okay. So Kristen, can you share an experience that blessed your leadership and what was the outcome or takeaway that you learned as a result? Oh my gosh. I was at this women's conference. Uh, this was probably about five years ago or so. Actually, yeah, because I was, I was just in the beginning stages of, of living the vows. And it was so simple. One of the speakers, she got up. I was just kind of, you know, actually, I was, I was working the event. So I was in my volunteer mode and making sure everybody's okay. So I was just standing in the back listening. And she was going on with her presentation. It was excellent. And then she came to a point where she said, you have to pursue plan A. And when plan A doesn't work, pursue plan A again. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember exactly how she said it in the moment, but she followed it up. She said, there is no plan B. Hmm. And one of the things that blessed me so much because one of my challenges, I mean, as I said before, just kind of playing the fence and, and wanting to play it safe. I was, and, and most of us, we were raised to have a plan B, you know, in, in case, you know, people apply to 29 colleges and, you know, this is my first choice, but if I don't get in, I have all these other colleges that I applied to all these other, you know, things that I want to do. But if you really feel that plan A is where you need to be, and if that's truly your calling, then you need to pursue plan A with all of your might. Don't give, don't put that energy into plan B because one of the things that we are subconsciously doing is preparing for plan B. Mm. And we're trying to plan out, prepare our hearts and prepare ourselves for the letdown. And, and we're telling ourselves unconsciously that you're not ready for plan A or plan A is really not going to work out. So you need to settle and we need to get out of the settlement mentality. We have to be able to truly jump. As I said, you know, don't worry about the failure. Don't worry about falling short. Go for what you know. Go for what you believe in in spite of. So what? If you pursue plan A, you, you put all your ducks in a row and you make that leap and you miss it, it's okay. You Plan A is still available. Sometimes we miss the fact that we have to take detours. There is no such thing as a straight line in life. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally, when you think of what it took you to learn how to drive. You didn't get just get in the car the first day and say, okay, here's the gas pedal, the brake pedal. 
here's the ignition and go. It took you time to get used to and get comfortable with driving that car. It took you time to get used to learning how to ride a bike. It takes time for all of these things. And sometimes we have to accept the fact that it's not going to come on the first try. It does not mean it's not available. If you're trying to lose weight, you don't just say, okay, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. And each day you drop a pound. It doesn't work that way. You drop a pound, tomorrow you gain three, then you drop (laughs) two, you know, and you have to keep going. That's just how life works. There's no way for it to work any other way. There's nobody, and we see certain people, and we see certain celebrities, and we're like, oh, man, life has just been so easy for her, and oh, she was an actress, and she was a baby, and she's just always gotten the roles that she wanted. Yeah, until you hear that their, their life, lifetime story, and then you realize how many issues they were having at home, and, and how many buses they had to catch to get to that audition, and, and how many times they were turned down for roles they really wanted, and You know, look at how many people have gotten certain roles that they didn't plan for. And, you know, there's always a backstory. And it's never a straight line. It's never just easy peasy. That's that's just not how life, how can we grow? How can we have a story? Just imagine, and and somebody shared this before. Imagine if you were going to hear the speaker and they got on the stage and they said, well, you know, I was born in this beautiful single family county home with with a white picket fence and both of my parents and I had two siblings and a dog and and it was just wonderful and we went to private school and and I got straight A's and then I went on to college and I was valedictorian and then I got the first dream job right out of college and I was making 75,000 a year and then I went on and married the husband of my dreams who was the captain of the football team and and we had four children of our own and we get to travel and and life is just wonderful and and now I've created this business and this business is six million dollars a year and and everything is just flowing and and we're just so happy and so excited it would be like yeah that's cute but I ain't getting nothing out of that I I can't relate to that I can't you know it doesn't make any sense you know and that's you and honestly I feel like I can't learn every anything from you because your life has just been laid out for you Mm mm-hmm So the things that we are drawn to are the struggle because we all have them. And the one thing we all have in common is that we want to know how do we overcome this struggle? How do we get better? How do we, you know, move out of this space and move on to success? But we have to hear other people's failures in order to understand, hey, you know what? I'm I'm human. I am okay. I am on the right path because Tyler Perry lived in a car. Steve Harvey lived in a car. You know, you know, all these different people, all these, you know, Oprah, Lord have mercy, has a, a humongous story to tell. So, you know, when we look at people's struggle story, it's like, oh, so I just have to keep pushing. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that's what I get from every story. So I have to keep pushing. I have to keep pushing. Because if you allow yourself to get stuck in whatever challenge you're facing, whatever failure you, you just went through or just experienced, if you allow yourself to stay there, that's when you die. Now, you physically may live on, but you're dead at that moment. If you've allowed yourself to say, oh, well, I tried for plan A and that didn't work, so I'm going to just sit on here and take whatever rolls downhill and hits me. That's not what life is about. So so I know that was a long, drawn-out response, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was so powerful to me. Yeah. Stick to plan A. There is no plan B. Yes, I like that. 
Thank you. Yeah, it was um it was long, but that's fine because you killed two questions with one answer. That so that was so awesome. So Kristen, you made it to the finish line. How do you feel? This has been awesome. I love it. Well, Kristen, I want to thank you again for being my guest on She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. But before we part, do you want to give our listeners your contact information and mention any events, products, services, or ventures that they would benefit from knowing about? Of course I do. Thank you. Yes. So my name is Kristen Young, the marriage enthusiast. I am founder of Living the Vows, where we are all about bringing joy to marriages. So my focus is to support wives with having more peace and less stress in your life and marriage. So you can find information on our website, www.livingthevows. That's L-I-V as in Victor, I-N as in Nancy, G, T as in Tom, H-E-V as in Victor, O-W-S as in Sam.com. And that's where you can find us on social media as well. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Just go to Living the Vows and you will find me. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. Nicole Walker's takeaway for this week. I really enjoyed this interview with Kristen. I love how genuine and passionate Kristen is. I can relate to her animated personality and I'm inspired by the comfort she has being her transparent self. I admire Kristen's ability to show compassion to others, even in uncomfortable situations. Mastering the art of remaining calm is essential to be a great leader. I can relate to Kristen's reference of playing the middle lane, you know, like keeping it safe as not to be disappointed if things do not go the way you intend. I lived my life this way for many years until I felt empty inside because I was not pursuing my passion and living up to what I felt my true potential could be. I now follow the mantra, oops, is better than what is, meaning at least I tried. Kristen referred to it as jump anyway. What's the worst that could happen? Either you succeed or you gain valuable learning experiences. Nicole Walker's takeaway for this week. My key takeaway for this week is Kristen's advice for determining your purpose. According to Kristen, the one thing that bothers you the most is the problem you are destined to solve. This spoke volumes to me and gave me reassurance that I'm headed in the right direction as the lack of quality leadership in my life led me to my current path of leadership development. Problem solving is the essence of what leaders do. And now we have Nicole Walker's Leadership Challenge of the Week. My leadership challenge for you would be to think about the one thing you can take away from this episode and adopt into your life. I know it's hard to absorb too much information at one time, and it's even harder to try and implement too many changes at once. When I attend trainings or listen to podcasts, I aim to walk away with at least one thing that stuck out to me and one way that I can change as a result. I challenge you to do the same. If you decide to take me up on my challenge, I would love to know about your key takeaway. If you care to share, please go to my blog on NicoleWalker.net. Leave your comment under the section for today's episode, which is Leadership Empowerment with Kristen Young. Thanks, and until next time, be empowered and empower on.